important because I wasn't there to take advantage of the golf or the pool or the resort amenities. All I saw were the four walls of my room as I worked on my doctorate project, my dissertation. So has anyone done a dissertation before? Or maybe you're, you're here and you've got your doctorate work done. Um, I, I like people. I don't like to be by myself. And so when you're in a room by yourself and you're just writing and writing and writing, I felt like Jack Nicholson from The Shining, you know, when he's, does anyone remember that when he's at the overlook? Yeah, I felt a little bit like that. So I didn't go full psychotic, but I was on my way there. So um, here's Johnny. Uh, I appreciate your prayers because I got a huge, huge, huge part of my doctorate work done this week. I couldn't have done it without my wife and my staff and you all praying for me. And so uh, we'll see. I may have missed the target entirely on this thing. I don't know. Uh, now I get to submit it and have uh, experts poke holes in it, give me feedback, edit, revise, do whatever. And so, but I'm just so grateful for that time. I'm not, I'm not an academic kind of guy. I don't sit down and just write papers and dissertations. I like hanging out and just talking about Jesus and, and, and hobnobbing it with you all. So uh, it was a little bit weird. It was a little bit different, but I'm grateful for the chance. Uh, so thank you guys for your prayers and for your thoughts and for, for everything. How are we doing on, on the tech stuff? We, we're still figuring it out? Okay. Awesome. So Greg Tompkins, our tech guy. Give it up for our tech guy. And I'm thankful for my co-partner today, Kevin Levitt who gets to share uh, on this last week of the growth track with us. So uh, I've known uh, Kevin and his family for 20 plus years. I think it's about 23 years yeah. that we've known each other. So, and I think that qualifies him for sainthood at this point. So uh, gl glad to have Kevin up here. Uh, you should have received a, uh, a packet and it is the last week of our growth track material. And we've done something different for the month of May. Um, we took a little bit of a, of a detour from the book of Acts, which is what we've been in, and we'll be resuming next Sunday with Acts 19. But uh, the leadership team felt like this was a season for us to, to revisit some of the, the fundamentals, some of the, yeah. the elementary things of, of what it means to be the church, what it means to belong to the church, what it means to, to serve and to, to give and to participate in the, in the work of what God's doing. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've got a lot of good feedback from you all. And uh, so if you've missed any one of the weeks, it's, uh, fret not. We are going to be doing the, uh, the growth track again, not during the services, but after the services, probably in September. Because when you accomplish all four growth track uh, uh, topics and you attend, you get a couple things that we're going to be handing out, I think, next week. Shirts and binders for you to have uh, binders to have a place to put all your growth track notes, but also your sermon notes from your, your program. So that's going to be really, really cool. Customized for those of us who have completed all four weeks in the growth track, but also the shirts are really, really bougie. So they're going to be super sweet. We're going to get those soon, but only when you've completed all four. So if you've held on to all four pamphlets from all four weeks, that's your ticket to get a free shirt and a free binder. 
uh, if you've done it online, um, if you've uh, done the spiritual gifts test, which we did last week. So there's going to be ways you need to prove to us you've been through all of it. So you're just not going to get a free shirt if you've gone to three or four of them. You need to attend all four. So, uh, But like I said, fret not. We'll, we'll be doing the whole growth track thing again in September after the services. We've just done it during the services for the month of May just to make sure we hit critical mass and get as many of you to participate in this. So review. Growth track week number one. What did we, what did we cover? Just, this is a little pop quiz. Week one was what? Belong. There's the word. Write it down in your notes. Belong. Matter of fact, it should be on your, in your program uh, insert. So belong. Our objective with week one is this. We want you to call Missio Day your church home because it is important to belong to a church. We don't believe in the philosophy of church shopping and hopping. We don't believe, like, I go to this church for this, this church for this. We believe you build a family, you build a community, you build intimate and tight relationships with people, um, and you, you, we do this over the long haul. One of the things I like to say is, like, I want to grow old with you. Now, you may not feel the same for me, and that's okay. <laughs> Uh, but I want to grow old with you. I want to mature in Christ with you. And belonging to a local church is important to not only honor the Lord, but also to really experience the blessings he has in being a part of a spiritual family. So objective number one for week number one is make a church your home. We're hoping you make Missio Day your home. And so we covered all about what that was going to be about in, in week one. Week two was what? become with an emphasis on growing discipleship and that you need a, a a church family that you can be conformed into the image of Christ in that you can grow in maturity right it's not enough just to come to Jesus it's also important to grow in Christ and so the question is outside of Sunday morning service which is what we tend to make the end all be of our Christian faith this is merely a stepping stone to bigger and greater things. And that is, what are you involved in outside of Sunday morning that's going to help you grow in Christ? What are you involved in outside of Sunday morning that's going to help you grow in the spiritual disciplines, uh, help you uh, bear the fruit of the Spirit, things found in, in Galatians chapter 4 and, and 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And so we need an environment where there's discipleship and growth that's going to happen. Week number three, what was it about? Discovering your gifts. So becoming and also realizing that you grow to, to serve, right? A, a, a believer who doesn't serve really is missing out on the spirit of, of the Savior himself who didn't come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So our objective was to have you all take spiritual gifts tests. Now, what was amazing, the response for the spiritual gifts test, uh, Davey, was pretty amazing. How many spiritual gifts results did we get? Do you did, Dude, that's awesome. So close to 70 of you turned in your spiritual gifts test results. Now, for those of you who are still the holdouts, uh, we still want to get those results from you. And so uh, if you need a spiritual gifts test, if you're saying, I missed it, I want to go through that, helping us understand how God has wired you will help us figure out places for you to serve. Because a, a, a believer who doesn't serve is dishonoring the spirit of, of the Lord and Savior, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so uh, here's the thing you can pray for for us now when it comes to leadership is helping us plug into areas of ministry that fit your gifting because there's nothing more dissatisfying than serving in an area you're not passionate about or you're not gifted in. 
And so we want to help you plug into areas of ministry so it will help us to know how God has wired you to help us connect you to areas of ministry. So there you go. Today, last week, bless. We get to talk about probably one of the most fun but also most fearful aspects of our faith in Christ. And that is how do we live as those blessed in our community, in our world? And what I mean by bless is sharing the good news with other people. You have been saved to share. You have been saved to help others discover hope. You have been saved to say, you know, I'm going to be salt and light in our world and I want to be ready to give an account of the hope that's in me with gentleness and respect to anyone who may ask. But yet some of us are reticent to share. Some of us, some of us are reticent because we feel like that's not my responsibility. We'll leave that to the Billy Grahams of the world. We'll leave that to Pastor Scott. But uh, I, I can't do it. Or we feel like even if I did do it, I'd mess it up. I don't know what to share. I don't know how to share. I don't even know how to start the conversation. How do you move from the Suns losing in the playoffs to, to Jesus? Well, I'll tell you what. We can make that a fun little exercise, can't we? But how do we, how do we take the conversations that we're having with people and, and, and really turn them towards, towards Jesus? Do we feel the weight of our responsibility to be the messengers of the good news of Jesus Christ? There's a, there's a lot of things that we fear. There's a lot of things we have questions about. But today, we get to talk about the blessed part of the growth track. So you've received not only the, the insert for this week, but you also received a cool little booklet that we're going to be, be working yeah. through here in a bit. So open your uh, packet, if you would. Should say, should, should say track four, bless. And we'll start with a couple quotes. Uh, David Platt says this, if you notice. Someone read the David Platt quote, nice and loud, if you would. Right there at the top. Woo, come on now. Yeah. And then there's a less significant quote by a guy named Pastor Scott. It doesn't, it doesn't hold as much excitement, does it? But we've been blessed to be a blessing. But go back to the Platt quote. And, it, and it's, no, it's no accident that we're going through the book of Acts right now. And this is the beauty of the book of Acts, is that there's nothing really that's taking place in the book of Acts that shouldn't be part and parcel of our lives today. Go back to the quote and look at, look at what it says here. The spread of the gospel, which I will tell you, is the work of God that he's doing every single day on earth. The only reason we are here, the only reason we exist, is because the kingdom of God is breaking into the world and transforming the hearts of men and women. There is no other reason for our existence. If you think you're here because God has designed the world for you to get married and be happy the rest of your life, that's part of it, but you're wrong. If, you're, if you think you're here to go to school and then get a degree and then get a job and be able to buy a couple houses and a couple foreign automobiles, while that may be good, you're wrong. 
The fact that you're here and you think life is about you and raising some healthy children or having a positive impact in your community, that may be good, but that's wrong. You have been created by God, set in his creation in this world, and you are designed to know him, and that's the greatest reason for your existence. And this is the message we get to share with people because you know how many people are so dis, dissatisfied and disheartened because they're chasing things that they think the world can, can satisfy them with, and you were made to not be satisfied by anything in the world, but you were made to be satisfied in your creator God himself. St. Augustine, 1700-year-old 1700 year old saint, you can learn a lot from 1,700-year-old saints. Not that he's 1,700 years, but he lived 1,700 years ago. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. How do you like that? Love it. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. So the spread of the gospel in the book of Acts took place primarily because who? The paid staff at your local church? Those who went to seminary or Bible school and are educated in the things of God? What's the phrase there? Ordinary people. Raise your hand if you're an ordinary person. Every single one of us. So God uses the ordinary to bring forth the extraordinary. And what's extraordinary? What does it say? The extraordinary presence, right? Empowered by an extraordinary presence, we're proclaiming the gospel everywhere they went. We're ordinary, but we're gifted with this extraordinary relationship, power, presence, message, everything that's beyond us, and everything that we ultimately, at the end of the day, can't take the credit for or get the glory for. God says, I'm going to move through you weak vessels that you are to bring forth an extraordinary, powerful, eternal work. Paul talks about it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He puts this treasure in jars of clay. He puts the treasure of the gospel, the greatest message anyone could ever hear, know, be transformed by, he puts that treasure in jars of clay. Cracked, chipped, tarnished, maybe broken. He puts it in us so that we can now be the messengers of this. And he says, extreme presence were proclaiming the gospel everywhere they went. The good news of Jesus spread not just throughout gifted preachers, but through everyday people. So now it's not just ordinary people, it's everyday people. Which means the gospel is good news not just on Sunday, amen, but every day during the week. Amen. How many of us need to hear that? Yeah. Monday through Saturday. Whose lives have been transformed by the power of Christ. Whose lives have been transformed by the power of Christ here today? Two of, four of us, great, awesome. I'm glad we're in the same company together. Praying for the rest of you. Open your Bibles, my three favorite words. Open your Bibles, Romans chapter 10. Kevin, briefly, do you want to just share, um, as you think about ordinary, everyday people, Kevin works at FedEx, mm -hmm. and he works among people who don't know Jesus. Do you want to just yeah. share how just 
what this means for you just briefly? Because I know we're going to unpack this more yes. later on. Yes. Um, it's just a – it's such a great opportunity to be able to work where I work and to be able to meet people that don't know Jesus and to be able to start relationships over the years and, um, you know, it goes back to, to today what we're speaking on, on blessings. And, um, you know, a blessing doesn't, you know, doesn't have to be some um, worldly huge type of thing that, that happens in your life. I've had uh, many different relationships with a lot of different people just through my workplace. And um, just the blessings that I've received from, from uh, sharing the Lord and 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 t and uh, telling of my experiences and what I've been through, hmm. uh, it just encourages your heart. It it makes you uh, walk closer with the Lord. Um, I you know it's it's almost as um, it's almost as motivational to me as the power of prayer. Hmm. And it's just uh, what an opportunity in this lifetime uh, that I've been able to experience. In, o in over those 22 years, uh, and uh, thankfully, I, and those were all 22 years of knowing the Lord, mm. uh, because as Scott and I go way back, uh, that's when I first started with Scott uh, in, in a uh, hotel room, uh, in a banquet room of 11. I'm glad you clarified uh, that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's, that's important. <laughs> I'm going to scratch that one off on this for next service. And by the way, it's good to see a lot of faces out here. I don't normally come to first service, so I may look like a new person, but I've actually uh, been here quite a while, and uh, I just, uh, our schedules, we come to second service, uh, just to let you know, but it's good to see people that I have not even seen before. But uh, just back, back, back to uh, blessing and, and being able to be in that work environment, and I'm going to share a little bit of some testimonials, too. Of, of how um, those experiences have been, but what a what a uh, you know a void in your heart that everyone's looking for, and the Lord fills it, hmm. and and that's what I've experienced. Yeah. So I love that. You know, it's interesting. You you mentioned something just briefly that I want to I want to tag team with you on. Mm -hmm. Is the work of sharing the good news is time bound, because there will come a day when there's no more opportunities for people to be saved through the personal work of Jesus Christ like I often have said before what is the one activity we can do now that we won't do in eternity and that is share the gospel mm -hmm. so that should create a sense of urgency in our hearts to realize that we are surrounded by people who do not know of eternal life and the free gift of that life given to us through the personal work of Jesus Christ. So there should be a sense of urgency that says, we, we, need, to, we need to grab as many people as possible. Yeah. If, if people are dying of this disease called sin, and the death rate is 100%, and we have the cure, and we don't share that cure with someone dying of that disease, you are an evil person. Now, I know that may come across harsh. Now, let me, let me backpedal a little bit. If we have the good news, 
and we're reluctant to help people out of their spiritual darkness, what, it, what, it, what does that make us? It, we, we hold a lot of responsibility for people to know that there's, there's a solution, that there's an answer, there's a remedy. And his name is Jesus. So I think until we, we need to feel the weight of this. We need to feel the weight of this because God has us in places of influence and impact. And there's a responsibility for us to be salt and light. Matthew chapter 5, right? First Peter 3, give it, be ready to give an account, right? And we live in this world as if the gospel's not the main thing, but it's one of a few things. We live in this world as if, you know, sports is the main thing, right? Or my, my cars and my hobbies or my marriage or my kids are the main thing, right? All those things are fine and good, but they don't matter in time and eternity. There's only two things that will live on for eternity. The word of God and the souls of men and women. So we have been blessed to be a blessing. This goes all the way back to the call of Abraham in chapter 12 and 15 of Genesis. Abraham, it is in you and through you that I'm going to bless the nations of the world. And that is not financial, and that is not real estate, and that is not, uh, you know, emotional. Well, this is the fact that I'm going to send forth a redeemer who's going to rescue you from the very thing that has entangled your hearts and your spirits and souls. And it's this thing called sin that affects every single human being. Romans 10. Did you open your Bibles? 10 minutes ago? Good. Everyone find it? Okay, good. Romans 10. Look at verse... Oh, where should we go? We could go all the way back to verse 1. We won't do that. Um, Verse 8. So Paul, in Romans 10, is just talking about, he's talking about loving his his people, which are the Jewish people, but he's also a minister to the Gentiles, those who are non-Jew. So he's going to be a minister to all people. But he says in verse 8, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, That is the word of faith which we are preaching. Now notice this, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Which is interesting. Like, one verse, simple gospel message. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is the Lord, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Continue on. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Which is an amazing promise, isn't it? When Jesus says, I will satisfy you, he really means it. And he's not going to satisfy you with with water that that you can go get from sparklets. He's going to give you the water that comes from who he is. And you'll never thirst again. And he's going to feed you with bread, not from from wholesome bakery, but he's going to feed you with himself, who is the bread from heaven, and you will never hunger again. For those of us who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, here's what we know. There is no disappointment with Christ. Are you kidding me? There's no disappointment with Christ. There should be no disappointment in our lives. There should be no bad days. There's no disappointment, for there is no distinction. Here's the good news. He's an equal opportunity Savior. Can I get an amen from somebody? 
equal opportunity savior for the jew for the greek the same lord is lord of all abounding in riches for all who call upon him you know why he doesn't disappoint because he's abounding in riches and then look at this verse 13 for whoever will call upon the name of the lord will be saved how then shall they call upon him whom they have not believed and how then shall they believe in him whom they have not heard and how shall they bear here without a preacher and how shall they preach unless they are sent? He, he, there's this logical flow of Paul. He's just saying, I know what you're thinking. How do we, how do we get to those places? How do we get to those people? How do, how do we infiltrate all areas of the, of, the, of the planet with the gospel? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. Can everyone look down? I think everyone has feet here today. Anyone here without feet? Just curious. Okay. Everyone's got feet. Everyone got here. Everyone walked in the building. Everyone got in their car. Everyone pushed the accelerator. Everyone pushed the brake pedal. Everyone, everyone's been moving. Here's the good news. You are now the carriers by means of your feet that wherever your feet take you, that's where the gospel goes. How will they hear? Who's being sent? Who's sharing? Everyone who has not only tasted, but everyone who travels. Blessed are the feet of those who bring the good news. Mm -hmm. However, they did not all heed in glad, the glad tidings. Can I, here's just real quick, on a side note, not everyone's going to believe what you believe. Can we just stop whining about it? <laughs> right? Like, we need to grow thick skin and be like, oh, they rejected me. Get, get used to it. It's a life of rejection. But here's the good news. For those who believe, you think it's on you? You think you're responsible for their believing? This is God's work. We are called to be faithful. He's going to be bringing forth the results. So now our rejection can be somewhat easier, even though it's hard, especially with loved ones. That you just wish, you plead, you're, you're just so desperately wanting them to love Christ, and they don't. I'm not saying you don't feel that. I'm saying you're not moved by that. But what I'm saying is this. Keep on keeping on. Persevere. Share. Pray. Preach. But it's ultimately God who's going to change that heart of stone into a heart of flesh. So faith, verse 17, comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. But if I say, surely they have never heard, have they? Indeed they have. Their voice has gone out in all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. And I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? But, the, but at first Moses says, I will make you jealous that which is... Uh, Jealous by that which is not a nation, by a nation without understanding, I will anger you. As Isaiah is very, very bold in saying, I was found by those who sought me not because uh, I became manifest to those who did not ask me. So basically, Paul finishes and says, Old Testament history, Israel was responsible to be the billboard, to be the advertisement, to be the communicators of this grace. And they did not obey the Lord. But God's plan was to reach all people. And now you and I get to be the billboards and advertisements of God's grace, right? We get to be the messengers. Here's my prayer for us. Let us not be like hardened, obstinate, rebellious Israel. Let's be the ones who have been found by this God, loved by him, who've tasted and seen that he is good, 
and then pray that we will be faithful to share with every single man, woman, and child the good news that's found in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Amen. Continue in your notes, if you would. The methods. So this is where we're going to have some fun. So, And we're going to unpack a little bit more of what we've been talking about here in a bit. But every believer is called to share the gospel. You may have the gift of evangelism, but just because you don't have the gift means you're off the hook. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. Some of you are like, oh, <laughs> great. Really? I have to do this? No, you get to do this. You get to do this. Now, I understand you've probably maybe experienced a context. You said, I've experienced people sharing the faith. I can't share it like that person. We're going to talk about a lot of different styles of sharing. But as you can see here, every believer is called to be ready to give an account of the hope that's in them. A true heart of compassion will let those on the way to destruction know that they can escape. And that, only is, that the only means of escape is through Jesus Christ. Can I just tell you once again, I need to reiterate this because we live in a world who's, who will tell you there's many ways yeah. to God. There's many roads. It doesn't matter what religion. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not me who preaches the exclusivity of Christ. It's he, he himself that preaches the exclusivity. When he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, no one gets to the Father but by me, that sounds pretty exclusive. Right? And no one says what he's, they, they say like Jesus, and no one does what he does like Jesus. To say what he said and to do what he did, ultimately by dying on a cross, being buried and risen on the third day, no other spiritual leader, no other religious leader has taught and done the things that Jesus Christ has done. Amen. But how? How do we do this? How, do we all share the, the faith the same way? Do the... You know, the, made, the unbelievable world is made up of a variety of people, young, old, rich, poor, educated, rur, you know, different personalities. So it's going to take more than one style. And here's how I like to put it, and you can write these in your notes. We have one message, but there's many methods. Amen? There's one message, but there's many different types of personalities, and there's many different types of people out there. And so, what are those methods? Well, I'm glad you asked, and our expert on different styles is Kevin Levitt. Give it up for Kevin. So Kevin is a deacon here at the, at the church, and, um, oh, what are you doing? You bring me a chair? Oh, I will? Are you asking or telling me? Okay, good. I like it. Uh, that's my wife, just so in the case you guys didn't know. So, um, And if she tells me to sit, I sit. So, um, Good job. That's right. I may be the head, but she's the neck that turns the head. So let's just be re real. All right, so. Um, the growth track uh, over the past uh, few Sundays have been led by uh, a, a team of our leaders, deacons and elders, which I'm so thankful for. And so you've been able to hear from uh, Hannah and David and Doug and Karen and Greg and um, Monty and Cheryl. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun. You get to hear from. That's a tough one to follow. That is. It way. is. Big shoes yeah. to fill, huh? Yes. So, but uh Kevin said, hey, let me, um, I'm going to take these, these different styles and kind of show you what they've looked like in my life. And hopefully this will encourage you that it, uh, while we have a message that's a one-size-fits-all message, sometimes it comes through different types of people. And so maybe you'll identify with one of these styles. So sure. go ahead and, uh, and kind of lead us through that if you yes, would. Yes, uh, and uh, there are many different um, communication styles out there, and we've focused on six that we thought a majority of us uh, use. And these six styles can be used individually or they, f they can flow in and out, very organic, depending on your conversation, 
who you're speaking with, and also how the Lord's leading, leading you uh, w when you're communicating. Uh, you have to remember, though, you do not need to be an expert in any of these styles uh, to do the Lord's work. And that's one of the reasons why I'm up here, because I've got a lot of work to do, and I will continue to work, uh, continue to work on it as well. And I just wanted to uh, ha take this opportunity to be able to, sh to share with you uh, so that um, possibly you could have a clear, um, clear view on the expectations and or your own set expectations and and just uh, really trust the Lord. So with and and over time, a as you do this, your your strengths will become apparent to you, and then you can uh, focus in on more uh, on one style or two styles. But like I said, it's very organic. Uh, the first style is intellectual. Uh, studying God's word and being able to use the scripture to express truth in discussions is very important. Hold on real quick. We won't go to these slides yet. These are coming up. Yeah, not yet. Thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't good. even looking. At no, no, you're good. Okay. That's why I got you back, bro. Thank you, man. Yeah, Appreciate that. Uh, personally, this is a style I need to, I need to work on, uh, especially in this season of my life. I, I really feel like the Lord has pointed that out to me. Uh, if you're not confident in this style, though, it can be as simple as, uh, you know, a life example, as simple as using your life verse. And uh, I'd like to share with you, when I used to work in the office, uh, now I get to work from home, which, which I uh, enjoy immensely, but uh, I would drive down to the gas station to get my morning drink, which was the QT large, half Pepsi, half Coke Zero. <laughs> this was my... You, you're, you're a wild man. Yeah, well, I just want to let everyone know I'm, I'm four or five months caffeine-free now. Woo, right. But, uh, you know, Scott always used to razz me because uh, I was always a soda man and not a coffee man. Uh, so, um, but the, that drink really put the pep in my step to go back to, 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 go back to the office and uh, face the grind. So... Uh, that's what I did, and uh, one morning I was in the middle of a line of, of about seven people, and there was a couple in front of me, and they were uh, speaking about winning the lotto, because at that time it was like at 300 million, or it was, it was, it was really high up there. And uh, they, were, it was, you know, they were talking very loudly on how it would make them so happy and change their life forever. And I'm standing in that line hearing that, and the Lord just spoke to me through a feeling of, I've got to say something. Uh, it just hit me out of the blue, and I was like, I've got, I've got to just say something. So I, I let them know that I didn't care if I would win or not, and almost everyone in line gasped as they were kind of <laughs> shocked at me, uh, but uh, there was one person that didn't. And um, I said to them, for to, uh, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's for, uh, Philippians first, uh, first 21, my uh, life verse. Nice. And uh, a voice uh, from a man, a couple people behind me, said, Amen, brother. <laughs> and I turned around and I wished him a blessed day. And I'm not sure if that made an impact with the others in line, but who knows what discussions they would have at the, at awesome. the uh, dinner table or out with their friends. Uh, you know, there's a story that they could tell. And uh, they got to hear some of the gospel. Dude, the gospel going down at QT. I like it. Yeah. No one's ever expecting a little Philippians 121 to go down at the, at the QT. And, and on a personal level, 
I was encouraged, and um, I was encouraged by the man that responded to me, and it really helped shine the light on that day that I was on the Lord's path. <laughs> and when you walk closer with the Lord, th there's really no, no better joy yeah. ever. And uh, I was just glad that I could share that, and that was through the intellectual style. <laughs> so if you don't have the Bible memorized, <laughs> it's a lot easier than you think. And what a blessing. I mean, that's what this is about. Yeah. This, this, um, this segment is about blessing. So I'm just going to say real quick, intellectual. Um, how many of you would maybe identify with this style? Maybe a, a couple, a few of you. Yeah. So this is interesting. Cause so we cited Acts 17, right? Mars Hill. So Paul is in the intellectual capital of the world. And yet here he is connecting, talking about their poets and talking about their their faith and their religions and um, not everyone is wired like this right like yeah. I'm an apologist you know and this is what would be um, the area that highlights apologetics those who are able to defend their faith like hey I'm having lunch with an atheist today like some of you would be like I'm scared to death <laughs> and there's some of you are like I'm energized right I'm gonna go have lunch with a Muslim today and we're gonna talk about the the strengths and we you know whatever and so this is not for everybody but we praise God that there's people out there that do have an intellectual approach in sharing the gospel. Again, not for everybody, um, but for some of you, uh, be encouraged because we need to love the Lord our God with all our soul, mind, strength, right? And so our minds are important, and there's a, there's a level of connectedness we need to have with people that are of the intellectualness or intellectualism, right, that yeah. just they need the gospel. So um, go ahead, and sorry for my little No, that's a, that was great. Uh, it's a lot better sitting up here listening to the message. No, it is. No, everyone, kinda, come on up. Stage different. is big. Let's go. all sit up here together. Maybe we could get big a drone power. or something. Uh, the second style is confrontational. Um, my best friend, uh, and I might get a little emotional during this part, but uh, my best friend of many years died recently, and um, I was one of the few uh, in his uh, that his family wanted me to speak at his celebration of life. And uh, in, in uh, that area that we were in, there was at least uh, 100 people there. All the seats were filled. Uh, in the back, there was standing room only. The line went out to the door. Uh, the crowd consisted of uh, residences of Chandler and Benson, which is down out by Tucson, uh, Arizona. And uh, my speech was about how Chris enriched the lives in ev uh, of everyone in that room and beyond. Hmm. And uh, during the speech, I referenced that uh, Chris and I shared the same faith. And the audience could tell that I was uh, speaking from the heart as I shared our experiences and pointed to our faith in, in Jesus Christ as well. Hmm. Uh, at the end, uh, I reiterated that I will see him um, in God's kingdom for mm. all of eternity. Amen. And uh, so after, after that, a, uh, I was approached by a person from Benson that I had not known. And uh, he gave me a hug and told me that uh, he was touched by my uh, remarks. And we spoke some more. And I could tell he didn't know Jesus yet. And, but I know that this isn't too confrontational. But I'd like to point out a couple things. I could tell his heart was in conflict. Mm. Uh, and maybe this was the start of his journey. Mm. Uh, also, not knowing some of the audience uh, um, and 
the group uh, consisted of almost every social, worldly uh, type of uh, uh, aspect you could think of that was in this crowd. Um, and I, I just thought to myself, what a blessing that all these different areas, um, worldly, uh, uh, worldly people and, and non-followers of Jesus uh, got to hear that message. And uh, that was a blessing, and that really gave me a lot of strength. Mm. Mm. And, uh, you know, he was a very good communicator. Obviously, you could tell by the diverse friends that he had had in uh, there at his celebration of life. Um, and a lot of them there uh, did not know Jesus yet, mm. or, or, or maybe they did, but um, it was just a, uh, you know, what a, what a blessing to be able to do that uh, mm. and to also know that your words may not be, you know, accepted as willingly as you thought they would be. Mm. Yeah. So it's interesting to uh, when you when you see that style confrontational. What do you what do you think of when like yeah. soapbox argument? John the Baptist in your face, right? Like the good news is Kevin's not an in your face kind of guy, but being at a memorial service where you're you're there because someone has died it almost raises the sense again of urgency you know of like mm -hmm. one thing I, I you know i marry and bury people it, usually not at the same time just fyi um <laughs> but when you're invited to come speak at a service where you're there you're mourning because someone has died Sometimes it can be very much a confrontational presentation. Mm -hmm. The fact that we're all going to die. Are you ready? Right now, you're, you're confronting people, right? Maybe not in 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 uh, in in spite, or you're not you know spewing something out of hatred, but you're 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 dialing the intensity and saying, "We're here because we're reminded that we're all." mortal creatures and so some people may feel confronted by that because guess what they're just thinking about their next vacation they're not thinking about eternity mm -hmm. and so sometimes we need to re re like acts 2 you know here's peter repent and be baptized right sometimes we just need to go straight to the truth and be like i know this is going to be the hardest thing for you to hear and it's the hardest thing for me to say but guess what without christ there's this place called hell. Expiration date. We all have, yeah, yeah. we all have, uh, it's not written on our birth certificate, so we don't know when that's going to happen, but we're all going to die. And so being at a memorial service and sharing and keeping people focused on what's important, oh, that's so huge, mm -hmm. right? And you pray that, that the Lord would use seasons like that where we're confronted with our, uh, our mortality, we're confronted with our short time here on earth, and uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with Jesus? That's the ultimate question. So yeah. thanks Trust for letting me interject. Lord. Sure. Anytime. Uh, okay. The, 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 no, third style, <laughs> the third style, uh, testimonial. Uh, my eyes were awakened when I came to know the Lord. And that, that was through a life-ending event uh, that, that didn't end my life, obviously, but changed my life forever and brought me into a relationship with Jesus. Mm. Praise the Lord that uh, my time came. And, and, and uh, you know, I wasn't, uh, I, I didn't expire, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, earlier uh, than that. 
uh, and, and what the Lord did was he, he broke my worldly and physical heart to save my soul. Hmm. And here's just a little part of that uh, testimony, because otherwise I could be up here for uh, four services. Yeah, right. And uh, a, a few years after, after all, all of this, um, I, uh, after my heart attack, I had a, uh, to get another evasive procedure done to my heart, and I was taking a lot of medication for it. Mm. And I remember my father uh, sitting down. He's a non-believer, mm. uh, being in the room. And I went through a severe arrhythmia, and it took everything I had to stay alive. Mm. Um, and I, I, could not, I could not fight another one of these attacks. Mm. I just knew it. I have never felt that helpless in my life, ever, mm. ever. And uh, just as I got, I, uh, just as I got done telling uh, my father to uh, go get my my wife Marianne and my newborn son Carson, because I can't fight off another attack. You know, mm. it's uh, I'm I'm not going to make it. Uh, he got up and he started to go exit the room to go out. And uh, guess, guess who came through those doors at that exact moment? Guess who? Anyone? Scott. Scott came through those doors right then and there. And uh, instantly, I knew the Lord was with me. Uh, and I knew that everything was going was gonna to be fine. Mm. And what a blessing mm. uh, that the Lord sent Scott at that time and what what an awesome god mm. that we are his children you know that was it was just amazing mm. and uh I, you know i'm still working on my father and uh hopes that someday he'll know the lord yeah you know who knows this could be his first step yeah uh you know with that experience yeah uh time will tell yeah you know yeah i love the fact that um this testimonial, what does it say? I once was blind, but now I see. You know, in, in John 9, when the blind man uh, is cured and, and, and given sight, not just physical, but spiritual sight by Jesus, the religious leaders are just grilling him. Like, tell us who did this. Who's responsible for this? And he's just like, I don't know how to answer your intellectual questions, and I don't appreciate your confrontation, but here's what I do know. I once was blind, but now I see. see, right? How many of us could actually go, that's my style. Your changed life in Christ is your style. Your style is just to say, all I know, I was this kind of person, yep. and now I'm this kind of person because of Jesus. Can I just tell you, this is probably where majority of the people land when it comes to their style is in the testimonial. Anyone can can you identify with sure. that? Just hey, you're you're the miracle, you're the testimony, right? Don't you don't need to to know all the the Christian dogma and all the doctrine and you just know like this is what happened to me. And I invite you to experience the same. Amen. Yep. Amen. Woo. Amen. The uh fourth style is relational. And I kind of, we kind of spoke a little bit about that uh, earlier with, with a FedEx, but I've been working for FedEx for 22 years. And during that time, I met a, a young lad that uh, didn't know Jesus. 
and he was working his way up through FedEx, and his name is, is Sean. And uh, he reminded me of myself when I was his age, before I knew the Lord. Hmm. Uh, a lot of I, my happiness was all into worldly items. I wanted to be like the next Gordon Gecko type from hmm. Wall Street, and uh, all the focuses were all on the wrong things. And uh, uh, so uh, I, I, I was, I, we got along great because I, t I understood him and, and how he was trying to fill that, that void. And we soo soon became friends and I shared my experiences um, while listening to his worldly and sometimes extravagant adventures. <laughs> uh, unlike myself though, he had uh, a lot of resources and came from a very elite background. Hmm. So during one discussion I, I uh, had with him, I stated that uh, no person or no drug or no amount of money or power would ever bring him the happiness he was looking for. Hmm. That true joy is found in the Lord through Jesus. Hmm. And, and, and uh, after about uh, five years, he uh, he went into different areas, and then he had left the left the company. So f about five years later, out of the blue, I received a call from him one day, and it was Sean. And uh, he told me that the discussion that uh, we had really stuck with him, hmm. and he appreciated the wisdom that I shared. Hmm. And I, I thanked him for that. And, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of shocked to hear from him, but I, I, I thanked him from that, for, for that. And I told him he could always reach out to me, uh, and, and I would always love to speak with him hmm. and, and um, you know, just further the relationship. I, I kind of felt like that outreach was maybe because something in his life, uh, you know, went wrong, mm. and he was grabbing for answers. And uh, I was one of those answers. And hopefully, eventually, that will be the main answer, mm. uh, you know, the Lord. So, um, you know, and I got, after that call, what a blessing. I mean, this, mm. is what, this is what this discussion is about, is blessing. Mm. Not only are other people getting blessed, but, boy, it just once again pulls you closer with the Lord and it's a great feeling to know when you're in a season of your life that you're walking with them. Mm. Not every season you may not. And you mm. may not know all these different uh, communication styles. But the Lord is there. And the Lord always guides you. Amen. On the, uh, on the relational thing, uh, you'll see Mark 5, right? Whenever Jesus, you know, changes a life, you know, Jesus understands that you now become almost like this, this, this messenger to your family, for your friends, right? Like we're all in relationship with people. And this is probably the biggest area we need to be thinking about and praying about when it comes to relational evangelism is that God already has you in relationship with people who do not know the Lord. Here's what God's not asking you to do. Uh, or maybe he is, I don't know. He's not saying, hey, go ahead and take a trip to India and start sharing the gospel with Indians. Or go stand on the street corner with a bullhorn and just start blasting people. Like, no, most of us are already in relationship with people, and God says, start there. Mm -hmm. Start there. If you think about relational evangelism, we all know about Peter in the Bible, the disciple, but, but who is Peter's brother? Andrew. 
Some of you are like, did he have a brother? See, here's how a relational evangelism is so important. You know why Peter came to know the Lord? is because of Andrew saying, I've met somebody that you need to meet. Andrew was a relational connector. And so even though we may not know Andrew as much as we know Peter, we wouldn't have Peter if it wasn't for Andrew. And so what we have to realize is that do not minimize the fact that God you has, has you in a certain school or workplace or neighborhood. My family, my parents were saved because of neighbors loving them. And because of that love for my parents, I got to experience the love of Christ because of these neighbors. And then we could tell you about stories. When I worked at FedEx, not the same location that Kevin was at, there was a guy there that over relationship accepted Jesus at FedEx because of the relationship. And there have been people here, customers, that are no longer customers, but they're converts. I mean, they're still customers. <laughs> but they're converts. Why? Because of the relationship. And so, do you know, here's the statistics. You ready for this? How many times a person has to hear the good news until they are changed by it do you know how many times a person needs to hear the good news 70 times so just because you don't get a winner right off the bat there's good news that may be the first time that person hears the good news but it's going to be a long chain of opportunities no rarely does someone come to know Jesus right off, the, right off the bat? But it takes a relationship. Because here's what oftentimes I think people do. And again, not, not discounting the sovereign work of God on their heart, is that they're, they're curious about you. They're watching. Well, you say, your testimony says you've been, you once were blind, but now he's, I want to see how that works out in your life. And them watching your life begins to soften theirs. And you don't know who else may be in their life sharing the gospel. But it, on average, a person hears the gospel 70 times before they accept it. Keep doing it. Keep persevering. Keep sharing. Right? All is not lost. All right, what's Amen. next? Uh, invitational, the fifth style. And uh, through my relationship with Pastor Scott in our first church and now here, uh, as member of the core group, uh, Marianne and I uh, invited my sister at the time, an unbeliever, to our church. This was 23 years yeah. ago, almost. Yeah. That's the first time we stormed hell with squirt guns. Yeah, let's do it, that buddy. Was awesome. I love it. So Sorry, we're just having a moment. <laughs> she, uh, she experienced the Lord through Pastor uh, Scott's sermons and uh, accepted Jesus and the rest is history. Uh, she, she's one of God's children through Jesus Christ. She's a leader in our ministry. Uh, Kim Oliver, what a blessing to us all. Amen. Uh, you know, and uh, it's just... Um, Can know, I just say something real quick? Incredible. An invitation. So yeah. we had planted our first church, and we had did our first service in March of 2001. Mm -hmm. And I remember this vividly. First service. We're at an elementary school yeah. in Chandler, <laughs> and there's Kevin and Marianne and Kim and Brian and their family. And I remember, this is 22 years ago, and I can remember like it was yesterday. I gave an invitation, right? You had extended the invitation, come. Yep. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. If you feel like, you know what, I want to invite people to, to, to church, I encourage that. You invited them to come. We gave an invitation. And during the invitation, I said, if you're here this morning and you want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, lift up your head and look at me. And I remember your whole row. People looking up. Tears in their eyes. Because they wanted Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. What a Savior. Why? Because Kevin said, come to church. Mm -hmm. Come, join us. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? This is why you need churches that are faithful to the gospel and preaching the gospel, right? And we're not inviting them to a program. We're inviting them to a person, right? And so if that's your style and you want to invite them to church, you know, here's a, I always tell you this, and not just on Easter and Christmas, Every Sunday, we're going to point to the goodness of God and how yep. that's been displayed to us in the personal work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And so you know, like if they come to church, they're going to they're gonna meet someone who's hot and heavy with, with, the, with the word and the good news, but they're going to hear the gospel. And now, because of the invitation, what's their response going to be? Now, maybe that's on you, right? Let's go out to lunch. Let's talk about what we talked about in church today. Right? So you're the, you're the follow-up. You're the inviter, but you're also the, the initiator. Right? What, what do you think? What, where are you at? So, yeah. Last one? Uh, so that's the sixth style, and that's serving. Uh, so, some of my uh, participation in this style is uh, working in the children's ministry, uh, visiting and helping orphanages in Sonora, Mexico. Remember that Ooh, trip yeah. back in the day? That was awesome. We were bringing rice uh, and supplies, and we were to uh, rebuild and help this orphanage. orphanage. And um, so we went down there, and, and we almost weren't able to do it. But by the grace of uh, God, they led us through with the bags of rice going to an orphanage that needs food, but yeah. we, we weren't going to be able to do it. Yeah. And, uh, but then the Lord provided a path and we were able to do that. And uh, we were able to uh, also give them shoes. They never had shoes. They didn't have anything. And they had this beat up basketball uh, uh, backboard, backboard and, with yeah. no net and just the rim. And we did, we did a bunch of work there. And, uh, you know, I gave, I gave, you know, a, a lot that I had, tennis shoes and all that. And then later, uh, we get pictures back from that orphanage. And um, I, I saw a kid shooting a basket with my shoes on because <laughs> he didn't have shoes. Uh, and we're back again. What a blessing. Amen. I mean, going through these different styles and just being yourself and walking with the Lord and not necessarily being an expert or a theologian or, or anything like that. I mean, look at the impact that you have on people's lives that mm -hmm. eventually w will point them to Jesus. Amen. And, and, and what joy, I mean, what true joy it does give you. And I mean, these aren't life-changing events that I've, you know, some I've been through, but, but yet when, when things like this happen, the joy that mm. you feel mm. is better than any life-changing event or or winning the lottery as in that other story. Hmm. Uh, and I, I can't speak so much to that. 
uh, volunteering in Feed My Starving Children, which there's one coming up. Yep. Uh, what, what a program that they have. And then you get to visit also uh, in, in the lobby. They also show you how the people that you just fed, how they live. Hmm. Uh, and, and it's just eye-opening. If you've never done it, I strongly suggest you do. And when we delivered gifts to the um, underprivileged, underprivileged children, my son has plenty of stories growing up doing that and just being able to see mm. how others live and how they thirst for the for the uh, word of God and how we prayed with them mm. and just how you know great gracious they are and 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 um, just very eye-opening mm. very eye-opening mm. and and then um, the last uh, thing I'd like to share with you in this is uh, participating in small groups uh, I've been through many seasons where uh, I haven't had an opportunity uh, um, to be in a, a small group, uh, but I was in a lot of small groups mm -hmm. um, uh, a while ago. And um, in those small groups, uh, what a way to bless other people and to be blessed by the Lord. Um, you know, yes. all of our my experiences in small groups have been just nourishment for your soul. Hmm. Uh, amazing. Amen. And, um, you know, I wanted to give my examples in life of how the Lord has blessed me hmm. and, and, and others and how it relates to the different styles of communications and that. how these different styles through the Lord can bring many bl blessings and, and get people started on the, on the track to the Lord. Hmm. Uh, but the most important thing I want to say today uh, is not blessings and, and what that is is it's the power of prayer hmm. and that is truly the greatest blessing there is is the power of, of hmm. prayer and that always brings you closer to the Lord hmm. and uh, I, I just can't say say enough about that amen. And, and with that I just like to give it back to Scott amen thank you Kevin yeah. appreciate it um, on that last one serving so let's be clear an invitation to church is not sharing the gospel. Okay? Hey, pastor, I, I shared the gospel with somebody. What did you do? I invited them to the church. That's not the gospel. Amen? Amen. Uh, serving somebody as you're affiliated with a ministry, that's not sharing the gospel. That's serving, but that's not sharing the gospel. As a matter of fact, write two words down in your notes real quick. Demonstration proclamation. Write those two words down. We need both. See, sometimes we think that our serving, feeding the hungry, working with an orphanage, like, oh, good, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing the gospel. No, you're not. You're, you're serving out of your love because of the gospel, but is there the communication of the gospel truths? This is why demonstration always needs proclamation. And one cannot stand without the other. Because as you demonstrate the love of Christ, you're praying for opportunities to share the truths of Christ. But in sharing the truths of Christ, sometimes you need to demonstrate the love of Christ. And both those, those are two sides of the same coin. And so I want us to make sure we are not justifying by sharing the gospel by things that we're doing like an invitation to the church or serving we need to be clear that the message is what needs to be shared for someone to be saved. Which brings us to our last point. And we're cramming a lot of stuff in. I've got you for until 1030. 
okay? Take out this, pro- this brochure that you got, and we're going we're gonna to talk about this, and I'm standing for this because I'm a stander, not a sitter. Um, we've, we, we've, we've, we've seen the, the methods, right, uh, the mandate. We've talked about that. Now here's the message. So here is what is so important, and this is why we're giving this to you because this is going to require homework on your part. Uh, there is a website that's connected to this. This is a group out of Australia called Matthias Media. Love these guys. Um, some of us need to get a, a primer on the gospel or primer, depending on what side of the Mississippi you're from. Um, what do I share? How do I share it? What's the content of, of the gospel? It, it, it's really simple. If I can summarize it, right, and, and, and summarize this little booklet in, into four words, right, it's, 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 it's God it's man, it, it's Jesus, it's, it's life, right? You are here because God has created you to be here. But because of sin and because of the fall, you fall short. And luckily there's a Redeemer who now steps in and becomes your reconciler, becomes your mediator. And once Jesus steps in your life, now you're on a track of restoration, right? So if you think about God, man, Jesus, and, and restoration, like, this is what this is, this is about. So take out, everyone's got this, right? Hold it up for me just so I, I, I can see. And we're going to also have it on the screen. Two ways to live. Two ways to live. You either live for yourself or you live for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And there's, those are the only two options. I like it, right? And so you open it up, and it gives you a lot of stuff. You can read this on your own. Uh, we're going to have some graphics up here. Let's just walk through this step by step so we're clear. And then, again, you can, you can read this l- later. I tell you what, if you read this each day just as, a, as a, a reinforcement of what you believe, but now you're able to now go forth with, with truth to help someone else believe, um, we want to resource you with stuff like this. So there's a website version of this. It's two ways to live dot org. Two ways to live dot org. It's linked in the app. So download the app. This is another way for us to get you to download the app. All right, turning in point number one, God the good ruler and creator. There it is. What are the bullet points here? God is the ruler of the world. He made the world and he made us to rule his good world, giving thanks and honor to him. This was the original design of God. He sets forth Adam and Eve and says, What? Have dominion. Be fruitful, multiply. You do what I want you to do, you're going to be rock stars. We know how long that lasted, right? They wanted not to obey God and serve him. They wanted to be themselves God. And so here's the good news. God created the world to operate in a certain way. You can read more about that. So that's point number one, God, the good ruler and creator. Number two, our rebellion against God. I've already hinted at that, right, because of the fall. Mm -hmm. And now because of Adam and Eve's fall, they have plunged the rest of humanity into sin and fallenness. We don't want God. We don't like God. We don't desire God. And because of our rebellion against God, right, we all reject God as our ruler by running our own lives our own way. And we keep doing it thinking it's going to get better. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 2023 is continuing to prove a year not that we are getting better, but that we're, even, we're getting worse. Yeah. With all the advances technologically and, and how we're progressing in so many ways, we are getting worse. So like, I like to say with humanity, there's constant room for deprovement. And we're seeing it all around us. 
By rebellion against God's way, we damage ourselves, each other, and the world. This is the, this is the issue. The issue is not that Joe Biden's president. The issue is you're a sinner. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, that, that doesn't feel like love. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that too confrontational for some? But here's the issue. J.K. Chesterton, contemporary of C.S. Lewis, when the, when the London Times said, what is wrong with the world, J.K. Chesterton wrote an opinion back the next day, and it was published. To answer your question, what's wrong with the world, here's what Chesterton said, I am. You're the problem with the world. That's not loving. That's not caring. Scott, that's not pastoral. It's more pastoral than we want to, to admit. The reason there are problems in our lives is because of me. Because of you. Point number three. But here's the good news. God sent Jesus for us. Actually, I skipped. Number three, God's justice. Some of you who are keeping, keeping score. Point number three, God's just. Because God's just, he has to deal with sin. And if he deals with you and your sin, this is not going to fare well for you or me. God won't let our rebel, um, won't let us rebel against him forever, and God's punishment for rebellion is death and judgment. He is a holy God. We are sinful creation, and God must judge that which is anti his character. Now the good news, number four, God sends Jesus to die for us. Woohoo! This is the good news. God doesn't say, hey, go ahead and do more good works. Go ahead and attend church and pray more and, and do all this stuff. It's not based upon what you've done. Here's the good news. It's based upon what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Because of his love, God sent his son into the world, the man, Jesus Christ. God always lived under God's rule, and he lived God's standards perfectly he now becomes the perfect substitute for us he now becomes the perfect advocate for us he becomes the perfect mediator for us but jesus takes our punishment by dying in our place the death jesus died is the death you and i should have died but you and i dying the death would have accomplished nothing but him being perfect died the death we didn't have to die so we should have died and now he takes our sin and he gives us his righteousness that's called the divine exchange, and what a glorious exchange it is. Yeah, God sends Jesus to die for us. Point number five, at, uh, Jesus now, the risen ruler and Savior, because Jesus said what he was going to do, he did what he said he was going to do. He conquers sin, grave, death. Crucifixion, burial, resurrection. God raised Jesus to life again as the ruler and judge of the world. Jesus has conquered death, now brings forgiveness and new life, and will return in glory. So now, what you do with Christ determines your life here and life to come. Point number six. There's two ways to live. Even Jesus demanded a response. Who do you say that I am? Do you believe the words that I'm speaking to you? Do you accept me? Right? Jesus himself becomes the exclusive means by which we can be forgiven and have eternal life. So now, you notice the little picture. I love these little pictures, right? There's, the, there's a crown on your head, and there's a bigger crown on Jesus' head. 
See, one day, one day we will be, we will co-reign with him. We are co-heirs of all the blessings that are afforded to Jesus because we're, his, we're, we're in him. That's Romans chapter 8. Read it later. Be blessed. But here's the summary. There are only two ways to live. There's our way. We can reject God as ruler, live our own way, damage our, uh, damaged by our rebellion, facing judgment and death. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, there are people who claim Christ who still live their own way. There are people that almost say, I'll accept Christ as Savior, but I won't accept him as Lord. Can I just tell you that's not an option? By coming to Christ, you accept him as Savior and Lord. And if his lordship is not evident in your life, you may want to ask yourself, am I truly in him? This is why I don't want to set you off on a path of false security. Just because, oh, well, I was in, in eighth grade, I went to a camp and I accepted Jesus. Well, what does that look like 20 years later in your life? Because a, bear, a bad tree can't bear good fruit, and a good tree can't bear bad fruit. Are you growing in Christ-likeness? Like, this is the work of God. When he saves somebody, he changes them. Now, that doesn't mean I'm sin-free. But what it does, it becomes that the power of sin is minimized because of the eternal life and changes that God has poured within me are continuing to be worked out. The Spirit, the Word of God, the people of God. So don't sit here and be like, well, I'm good. Well, how does that translate into your finances? How does that translate into your marriages? How does that translate into your parenting? How does that change in, translate into your work ethic? How does that change into just how you, how you treat other people? See, God's new way is to submit to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you that's not a one-time submission. It's a daily submission. His way, not my way. His kingdom, not my kingdom. He must increase, I must decrease. Rely on Jesus' death and resurrection. We continue to look to the cross. It's not, it's not a one-time thing. It's a daily reminder. I am only saved because God is a good God and has chosen to redeem me. I, don't ever, I never want to forget about the free gift of salvation in Christ. Yeah. Forgiven by God, woo, and to live because he has forgiven me. And I no longer have to try to forgive myself. He who knows all now says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! And the last point, receive a new life that lasts forever. See, Jesus is king. He is Lord. And everyone must respond to who Christ is and what he's come to offer. And you can read all about that, right? How do we respond? And, you know, you talk to God, you submit to Jesus, you trust Jesus. And if you go to the website, it, it leads you to next steps, which is really, really cool. This is an easy resource because it encapsulates everything content-wise that you need to be thinking about as you share with your coworker, your neighbor, your family member. There's only two ways to live. Are you going to live as king of your life? Or are you going to invite another king named Jesus to come in and say, I, I'll take care of your life? It's one or the other. And I've been down the path where I, I thought I was king. And it's not good to be the king. It's good to let him reign and rule Amen. over your heart and life. And all God's people said, Amen. A lot of stuff. We need to wrap it up. There's no time for Q&A. <laughs> Kevin talked way too long. I mean, no, just kidding. 
Just, just kidding. It's all right. I'm used to it. Now. I kid because I love. Why don't we stand? If you have questions, write them on the comment card. We usually have a little time for Q&A, but there's, like I said, there's a lot of content. This is an hour and a half plus worth of material that we do talk about in classes beyond the Sunday morning worship time. But because we as a leadership team agreed, hey, we want to do this during, we realize that we're going to be like the mummies, pressed for time. And so that's a dad joke right there. Okay. So you may have questions. Write them on your comment card. We want to maybe in the next couple weeks be able to follow up on some of those things. We're back in Acts 19 next Sunday. But in between, be praying for us. We want to continue to pray for you to get into a small group. We want to continue to pray for you and your spiritual gifts and us getting back to you to talk to you about the spiritual gifts that God's given you, how you can serve his, his kingdom purposes, and even talking about some of this stuff, praying for you. You know, maybe it's you just beginning to list the three people in your life that don't know Jesus, and you committed to pray for those three people and share those names with us so we can pray for you with them. Who are your three most wanted people in your life that you want to come to know Jesus? Write their names down and pray for them. And then shoot us a message and say, please pray for me as I want to be salt and light in their lives and have them come to know Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thanks for a beautiful morning. Thank you for this beautiful gathering of people. Thank you for the time to connect and the time to sing and the time to look at your word. And Lord, today, for you to impress upon our hearts the, the message of, of blessing. Lord, the fact that we have been blessed in Christ to now be a blessing for Christ. What an honor and privilege. I pray we wouldn't see it as a duty. I pray we wouldn't see it as an obligation. I pray we wouldn't see it as a have to do this because Pastor Scott or Kevin told me to do this. I pray that you would set a desire in our hearts to be ready to share the good news with anyone we may come in contact with. Give us the, the courage, the compassion to be your hands and feet. That vehicle that takes the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world. Perhaps it's, it's to my workplace. Perhaps it's to my neighborhood. But Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear the hurt, the hunger, so that we can bring the message of healing, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, thanks again for being our God and loving us the, the way you do. Truly, truly awesome to be loved by you. Guide and direct our steps. May we live for your glory. And pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his face toward you and give you his grace and peace forever and ever. Amen. Have a great day, guys.